Hey y'all, this is Troy Black. So I recently heard a prophecy about these two ancient goddesses who are currently attacking Los Angeles. So I believe this is going to apply to a greater extent, not just Los Angeles, but also to California or others who are experiencing the same types of things. But I heard this prophecy specifically about Los Angeles. So I'm just going to jump right in. This is what I saw. This is what I heard. What I saw was a vision of a large city at night. And I saw a building being constructed in the middle of it. And then I heard this phrase, lifted up a monument to their leader, to their king. So I believe this is a word of knowledge about something that's going to be happening in the future. But then I saw the letters L.A., so I knew that this was referring to Los Angeles. It was almost as if these letters were burned into the ground of the city or burned into stone. It was I could see both of these things happening. Then I saw a large letter Z, which is the last letter of the alphabet. Then I heard this phrase, Los Angeles is under attack. The forces of darkness pressing against the walls of the kingdom, forces pressing in, they won't relent until my people stand still and shout the victory, yell. So for those watching this who don't know anything about this channel wondering, this word of prophecy came from God. This came through the Holy Spirit. I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus Christ. He is my Lord and Savior. And I believe that God speaks to his children today through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is what the Word of God says that's very similar to this word that I heard. And then I'm going to share the rest of this prophecy. Joshua 6.16 says, And at the seventh time, when the priests blew the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. See, God called the children of Israel to come into the promised land, but there were many other peoples in the promised land who were at that time serving false gods, essentially demons, you know, these evil spirits who were masquerading as gods. And the first city that they came upon was Jericho. And the walls of the city were so great that there was no way they were going to be able to beat Jericho in battle. So God gave them a plan. And that plan was to walk around the city for seven days, one time. And then at the last day, they walked around seven times and they shouted. And when they shouted, God caused the walls to fall down. And I believe this is a prophetic picture of what God is declaring over Los Angeles. And he's saying, this is not a fight that you have to win in your strength, my people, but I am going to cause the walls of the kingdom of darkness to fall down before your eyes so that you can advance the kingdom of God. This is the next thing I saw in this prophecy, and this is actually about these ancient goddesses. I saw a woman with cat ears and a wicked smile, and she was laying back or reclining in a chair. And I heard the Lord say, Ishtar, and how she has affected this younger generation. And if you actually go research Ishtar, you would find that she is the Mesopotamian goddess of love and sexuality, but she's never a mother goddess. So she's only interested in the sexual pleasure, not reproduction. And then she's also a goddess of war. So there's a lot of wrath and a fiery temper behind her. This is the next thing I saw. I saw a bust in white stone, and it was a Greek-looking figure. And when I saw it, it was sitting upright, this bust. It looked like a male figure to me, uh, the, the imagery of it. And then I heard the Lord say, it's Artemis. I did not know who Artemis was at the time. I went and looked her up. 
It's not a male figure, but the first statue I found of her online actually had some masculine imagery to it. And I didn't realize at first that she was a woman. So I did some research and Artemis is actually a Greek goddess that was known for her maidenly virtue. So she swore never to marry. She was presented as a counterpart to the passionate Aphrodite. And Aphrodite was a Greek goddess of love and sexuality. And she was actually very similar to the Mesopotamian goddess Ishtar. And both of them are almost interchangeable with the Roman goddess Venus. So these two goddesses, Artemis and Ishtar, are almost butting heads with each other. But then the Lord began to explain why he showed me these two, right? This is the next thing I found is that Artemis is actually also a goddess who delights in hunting. You know, she loves to be outside in the wilderness, but she also is very angry inside and she punishes those who cross her. These are some other things I found about Artemis. She's the goddess of nature, childbirth, wildlife, the moon, the hunt, sudden death, animals, virginity, young women, and archery. This is what I heard the Lord say after this. He said, the devil is crafty. He said, both point the same direction. So even though historically these two types of goddesses seem to be going in different directions and could not agree with each other on the way life is supposed to be lived, and they essentially would influence people in two different directions, both were from the devil, and both of these ideologies are still at work today and are influencing not just Los Angeles, or California, but the world. This is the next thing I saw. I saw an image of the Golden Gate Bridge, and I heard the Lord say this. He said, taking lessons from her sister city. And so he's talking about Los Angeles here. Then the Lord pointed me to Genesis 3, 1, and this helps explain why the Lord is talking about these two different goddesses here. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any animal of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God really said you shall not eat from any tree of the garden. See, the devil works through cunning and through deception. One of the things that the devil has gotten the world to believe is that in one camp over here, that if I go after all of the things that my flesh wants, all of the pleasures of life, if I go after unbridled sexuality, and if I go after the newest trend and all of these things and money and, and passions, and lust and desires, then I am going to be fulfilled and I'm actually going to be happy. But the truth is we see at the end of that road, there's bitterness and there's hopelessness, there's depression, and there's ultimately failure to find the things that we were really looking for. You see that painted so clearly in the lives of all of the celebrities who have ever spoken openly about where their success has landed them. And all of that is represented by this goddess Ishtar. And then on the other side, the devil has tricked the world into believing that, well, if I'm just morally upstanding, and if I just believe in something good, and if I just try really hard to be a good person, and if I just do what's right and I restrain myself enough, then I am going to find fulfillment in life. I'm going to find those same things over here, but the trick is you don't find it in either location. See, on one side, it's lewdness and going after all the pleasures. On the other side, it's I'm going to save the environment. I'm going to be the most socially upstanding individual that you've ever met. And I'm going to do all of these things. But this side as well is justifying the sins that are still present through trying to live a moral life. And the big issue is not I'm going to find happiness through this path. I'm going to find happiness through this path. The big issue in this picture is sin. 
the problem of sin. And I want to give you some very good evidence that sin is real, okay? It's a real thing, and it really affects people in a negative way. There is very clear evidence in the world today and it's actually found right here in the book Isaiah. So this is Isaiah 57, 4 through 6. It says, Are you not children of rebellion? Now I want you to listen to this and I want you to think about, is this actually happening based on these sinful desires, right? Okay. It says, Offspring of deceit, who inflame yourselves among the oaks, under every luxuriant tree, who slaughter the children in the ravines, under the clefts of the rocks, among the smooth stones of the ravine is your portion. They are your lot. Even to them you have poured out a drink offering. You have made a grain offering. Behind the door and the doorpost you have set up your sign. Indeed, far removed from me, you have uncovered yourself and have gone up and made your bed wide. And you have made an agreement for yourself with them. You have loved their bed. You have looked at their manhood. You have journeyed to the king with oil and increased your perfumes. You have sent your messengers a great distance and made them go down to Sheol. You were tired out by the length of your road, yet you did not say it is hopeless. You found renewed strength, therefore you did not faint. So what we see here is a picture of a person who is just completely giving themselves over to pleasures of life, but they've also found themselves in a place of moral destitution where they don't even care about their offspring. They care about fulfilling themselves sexually, but not about the responsibility that comes with that. And we even see that they're involved in worshiping these idols and these these stones and these rocks. And look at the result of all of this. Now, this is where I want you to take a good, honest look at your life and see, is this true? I want you to ask yourself that question. Isaiah 57 verse 20, the same chapter, it says, but the wicked are like the tossing sea, for it cannot be quiet, and its waters toss up refuse and mud. There is no peace, says my God, for the wicked. If there is no peace at the end of the road that we have marked for ourselves, if we wake up in the morning, we do not have peace in our hearts. We go to bed at night, there's no peace there. We have to try to drown out the anxiety and the fear and the weight and the sorrows. If we have to use something to try to drown all of that out, then that means there's a lack of peace at the core of who we are. There's a lack of peace in our hearts. And listen, God has peace for you today. God has peace for every person listening. We've seen so many cultures throughout history rise and topple, and we've seen the wars, and we've seen so many people live these lives of always searching, always looking for something that's going to fulfill them. Like the the kings and queens who are conquering nations, there was always another nation to conquer. Or the people that grew very wealthy, there was always more wealth to attain, right? Or, or the people that, that produced something or created something or drew something or painted something, there was always more. There was always something on the other side that they needed to create. And God is saying to you today this simple message, there's a resting place for you and it's found in my presence. And the only way we can come into the presence of God is when our sins are washed away and we are made clean by the blood of Jesus. See, God, he sees everything that's in our lives. He sees everything in our hearts. He sees all the wickedness, all the deceit. Listen, and I am no better than you. Even on my best day, I don't deserve the love of God. Neither do you. But God's love is so great that he loves us despite all of those things. But because sin separates us from God and from his presence, 
God couldn't just welcome us back into his family, who couldn't just welcome us with open arms unless there was a payment made for the sins that were committed. And God paid that payment and he paid that price by sending Jesus to the world. Jesus came as the son of God and as man and he lived a perfect life. He never did anything wrong. He loved every person he came in contact with. Listen, at the end of his life, he died a criminal's death. He was tortured and he was killed and he was crucified on a cross. And when that happened to him, he took the punishment for all of the sins of humankind upon himself. And the word of God tells us that when we believe in him, when we we repent of our sin, we say, God, I don't want to live this way any longer. It's not working. It's not leading me anywhere good. I need a savior. I need you, Jesus. And we come to him and we believe in what Jesus did. We are made righteous in God's eyes, which means that God sees us as having never sinned. God looks at us and he sees someone who's clean and pure and holy. And the Lord is offering this to you today, to every person listening who needs this. He's saying, come home today. Come home, my son. Come home, my daughter. It's time. I'm welcoming you into the family of God. That's what I hear the Lord saying right now. Don't wait. Don't put this off. I want you to pray with me. But listen, you may have prayed this prayer before. It's not a magic prayer, okay? This prayer is not going to save you. Only Jesus can save you, and only the blood of Jesus can save you, because he was the perfect sacrifice for your sins. But the way you walk into that salvation is you truly put your faith in what he did. I'm not going to look for fulfillment in these things anymore. Instead, I'm going to trust in Jesus Christ, and God is going to initiate a beautiful relationship with you today as you do that. So I want you to pray with me, and you don't have to say the exact words I'm saying, but call out to the Lord during this prayer and let the Lord know you are ready. Say, Jesus, I need a savior today. I cannot save myself. I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins. And listen, for those listening, you may need to start listing some of those out. You may need to let the Lord know the things that you're repenting of, the things that you're turning away from. And the Holy Spirit is actually going to be revealing some of those things in hearts right now. And as you do that, I also want you to say, Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. You came to the earth, you lived a perfect life, and you died on a cross, taking the punishment for all of my sins upon yourself. And I believe, Jesus, that you did not stay dead, but as your word says, you rose again on the third day. And now you are seated with the Father in heaven. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Now, I want you to ask. Jesus told us in Scripture that if we ask, that the Father is going to fill us with the Holy Spirit. The same way that I heard this prophecy from the Lord, it was through the power of the Holy Spirit. God wants to speak to you personally. He wants to work in your life, and He wants to start a brand new relationship with you. That happens through the power of the Holy Spirit coming in, filling you, and, and walking with you. So I want you to ask for that right now. Say, Father, I ask that you pour the Holy Spirit out into my life. Say, Holy Spirit, I need you, and I welcome you in right now. Say, Holy Spirit, I ask you to start changing anything in my heart and anything in my life that needs to change. Anything that does not line up with your ways, God, come in and change it and make me new. Thank you, Jesus, for your blood. Father, I just thank you right now for pouring your Holy Spirit out. 
upon every person listening for taking what people have heard in word, Lord, and making it reality in their hearts right now. Lord, I thank you for the evidence of the Holy Spirit being poured out right now in people's bodies, in their minds. If freedom is happening right now through the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, I ask that you begin to change those lies and replace them with the truth, Lord. Begin to speak to people's hearts. Begin to reveal where the lies are, the things that need to be uprooted, the things that need to be transformed, God. And I ask that you begin to work in those areas, Lord. Lord, I also ask for a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit right now, that you would heal bodies that need to be healed, that you would heal emotional wounds that have held on for a long time. Lord, that you would bring healing right now to hearts in Jesus' name. Father, I ask for a demonstration of the power of the Holy Spirit, even through the gift of tongues, Lord, that a spiritual language would begin to come up and that it would begin to flow out of the mouths of many people listening right now, that it would be a sign to those who are turning to you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I even ask for the gift of the working of miracles, that it would be so clear to those listening that a real and living God stepped in this week and worked a miracle in their lives. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you for your presence here, God. Thank you, Jesus. If you prayed with me today, do me a huge favor and let me know in the comments. That just gives me an opportunity to pray for you, but also to celebrate along with you. And I want to encourage you to do a few things. Number one, if you prayed with me, or if you've prayed to receive Jesus and you've started a relationship with him in this video or another video, I encourage you to pray about getting water baptized. Find a local body of believers, a group of Christians who believe the Bible, who are spirit-filled, who will help you walk that out and take that step toward the Lord. And then also, I encourage you to start reading the Bible. When you read, don't read thinking, oh, I have to read and, and I have to, to learn all this stuff in order to be a good Christian. No, no, read the Bible expecting God to speak to you through it. The Bible is living and active. It says in the Word that it's sharper than a two-edged sword. Listen, the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you as you read. And if you're reading this week and suddenly it's like, this is not making sense to me, this is not making sense, and then there's this moment of clarity where it jumps off the page at you, that is the rhema word of God. That is the Holy Spirit saying, hey, this is for you right now. Stop right there and meditate on that word and read it over and over and see what the Lord has to say through it to you because the Lord wants to speak to you through the word. So I'm about to be done, but before I'm done, I want to pray for the peace of God to just come over people. Because this is something, when you come to Jesus, you're gonna experience so much peace, but sometimes through deception and through lies, the devil tries to steal our peace. And there are things that he tries to do in ways that he tries to lead us to where there's anxiety in our hearts. And that is not from God. That's not the life that God has for you as a believer, as a Christian. You get to walk in the peace of God. And when we are filled with the Holy Spirit and we're being led by the Spirit, peace is just a fruit that comes out of that. So if you're not experiencing that right now, I want to pray for you that whatever's blocking that would, would cease and that the peace of God would begin to flood your heart again. Father, I just ask that you would remove the blockage point right now for those listening. For those who are dealing with anxiety or fear or worry or condemnation, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak so clearly and that you would bring truth into the midst of this situation and that through that truth there would be freedom and in the freedom that your Holy Spirit brings, there would be the fruit of peace. I ask for the presence of God to come over people and for peace to be the result. 
And out of that peace, I hear the Lord saying, will spring joy. The Lord's saying, I'm returning joy to many people who have been wandering and looking for it and missing it. The Lord is saying, no more. My joy is here for you, my bride. My joy is here for you. The word says that the church, the the believers, are collectively the bride of Christ. It's an illustration for how much Jesus loves us. Listen, a bride on, on a wedding day has so much joy in her heart. And that's the kind of joy that God intends for us to have. And that's the kind of peace, (laughs) the same way that a bride can sometimes be flustered and not have peace because of all the things that are going on. Listen, the Lord is telling us as his bride, don't get distracted by all the little things. Focus on the one thing that matters. Focus on the Son. Focus on Jesus Christ. Focus on the relationship that you have with him. And as you abide in him and draw near to him, God is going to fill your heart with so much peace and so much joy, and so much stability in that relationship with Him. So I hope this has been encouraging. I love y'all so much, and I'll see you next time.